Welcome back to another episode of the Waffle Press Hangout, the, the morning movie show. This is definitely the early hours of Sunday and slash or Monday morning when you are listening to this or watching this on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, or Patreon, where you can get this a little earlier even. Uh, if you donate $3 a month, you can uh, check out this and other goodies a little earlier, like the Avatar Retrospective and all that jazz and a comic book show that my co-host Universa does. Gene, how are you? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm doing pretty good this morning. I uh, saw the sunrise come up, took a jog, and I uh, took like a photo. The sunrise was magical. All right, well, now you have to post a photo of the sunrise uh, next time. But also, who who shines brightly like a California sunrise is our, our guest today, Trevor Dillon. How are you, my friend? Hey guys, uh, I'm wearing my uh, three timers shirt because it's my third time on the Waffle Press. Woo! Uh, <laughs> you know how at SNL they give out those stupid jackets when they've been on five, the Five Timers Club or whatever. Um, <laughs> you, thank you for shipping me my three timers shirt. I'm wearing it right now. So. <laughs> we have shirts. Yeah, we should, we should actually look into that. I should do that actually. Oh my god, I'm gonna go look at like teeth threads or something like that after this. But uh, no, how's it going? It's uh, it's going, man. I yeah, it's been just uh, been a hell of a year, I suppose. Um, just counting down the days until November third. Uh, oh, you know what's funny? You know it's November third, my thirtieth birthday, which is oh. very odd that that's coming up. Yay! Happy early birthday. It's gonna be a really, really weird day. <laughs> that's yeah. It's either gonna be really great or or uh, yeah, not so great. Yeah. yeah so like- just go vote in the morning and then just unplug. And then just drink a lot and forget everything, yeah, just man, in case. My ballot's in, and I'm just trying to get. I'm I'm gonna be just up in the middle of Northern California, like in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, and that's the truth. I really am just like leaving town. So, oh, okay, good. maybe maybe that that's for the best. Yeah. So everyone else, when you yeah. go vote, if you haven't already, um, just unplug, just in case. You never know. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's my advice for everyone. I was gonna say, also, also vote blue and progressives. There you go. Yeah, check your check if your vote came in. Like they're just they uh like destroyed a ballot box. Yeah. No. Yeah. That, all that. All that great shit. Speaking of political anger, if you've checked out the title of this episode, then you know we're here to talk about George Romero's Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Land of the Dead, Diary of the Dead, and Survival of the Dead. Now, a lot of people haven't seen those last three, so we're really just going to be focusing a lot on the first three. But uh, Gene and I have a little history with this because Gene directed and I co-wrote his zombie film with a bunch of our, our pals. And it's still one of the, the proudest things I've ever been a part of. Uh, so we could talk a little bit about that after. But Trevor, what's your history with George Romero and his zombie films? So George, my zombie movie started for me in 2002 or 2004 when I went and saw it, when I snuck in to see Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead remake. Um, I was like 11 or 12. I, I'd have to check on when that one came out. Maybe Let's say I was 13. I went in to see that movie. We snuck in. The opening scene started, and it was like, you guys know the opening scene that movie's like, not only is it really good, it's, it's pretty scary. Like, I remember being like, oh, crap. I, I walked into an actually very scary movie. So then somebody told me it was a remake. Uh, I was not – growing up, I was not like a big movie kid. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm turning 30 soon. I only got into movies like when I was like 18 because of a film class I took in college. Um, so Dawn of the Dead for me was seen for the first time when I was, um, 
I don't probably around that time, 18, 19, when I started going through all the classics of the horror genre. Uh, and then I worked back I went from Dawn and then I went to Night of the Living Dead and then um, Day of the Dead um, last. So I think Night of the Living Dead, I saw for the first time on one of those, those like DVDs that has like 50 public domain movies on it. Uh, that, that always, always include Night of the Living Dead. And um, back then I probably would have, preferred Dawn definitely to Night of the Living Dead, but Night of the Living Dead is the one that I come back to the most now. And as a programmer um, in Orange County at a movie theater called the Frida Cinema, I play, the Night, I play Night of the Living Dead the most. Um, and then of course, weirdly now uh, in my like nihilistic late 20s, Day of the Dead is the one that I keep coming back to. Like, I, like when Spooky Season rolled around this year, I watched Day of the Dead. Like that was the one that I picked to watch. So my experience with the movies is that I saw them out of order. I like them all, but at different times in my life, I've come to appreciate each of them in a different way. Um, starting off with liking Dawn the most, then liking Night of the Dead the most, and now possibly liking Day of the Dead the most. We'll see where we land on that conversation, but. Yeah, yeah, we'll each pick a favorite later. That, that'll be a little thing um, for after this, this early discussion. Uh, and I'll, I'll read the responses of the poll that we put up on the Waffle Press because it's not that exciting. You kind of know where it's going to fall with the public right. on that one. But that's fine, that's fine, whatever. Uh, Gene, your history with George Romero and his zombie films. Yeah, the uh, Night of the Living Dead I saw, I, I think I saw on, yeah, the same sort of DVD. The, the rights for that movie are uh, such a trip when you look at that. No one was able to uh, retain it fully. So that's why there's so many copies of it around. But uh, yeah, I probably saw it maybe 10 years ago for the first time. It was really, it's probably in my top 10 movies of all time. Really impressed by it. And the uh, that was kind of my impression. I mean, I probably saw something like uh, Diary of the Dead in Passing before that, but yeah, I, w I would count the uh, Romero, Cherry Poppy, and Under, Night of the Living Dead. So, yeah, just everything about that film is pretty impeccable, and the social commentary at the time is pretty pretty remarkable. And just the fact that uh, it is, like, one of the first really independent films out there um, that went out and, like, succeeded. It's like the Blair Witch before the Blair Witch, like they made it for nothing and they turned like huge profits. So yeah, that, that, uh, yeah, just as an independent film, as opposed to just a horror film, uh, is really worth something talking about. Would you guys consider it an ind indie film too? I, I would. Yeah. 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 It's, um, <clears throat> I, I actually just played Night of the Living Dead on a double feature with the evil dead at, at the drive-in mm -hmm. and Beforehand, I was discussing how it's 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 definitely just like the Evil Dead. It's definitely got that feel of like a a dude, a guy, a, a man, a director, um, grabbing his buddies and just grabbing a camera and being like, "Let's make a movie." And we all have made films. And we know that's not really how that works. But yeah. those movies, especially and Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Blair Witch Project, like all like I, there's like that Mount Rushmore of like DIY horror masterpieces. And Night of the Living Dead is, is the first one. Like it, it, it really, it, it's, so I do, I do definitely see it as extremely independent. That's probably why the rights are public domain is because it was so independent that they didn't even hire a lawyer or whatever to retain the rights for them, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. 
it's kind of it's kind of sad i will say though i'm glad that the you know the latest like releases of that like on criterion or arrow are so uh you know just so well done they do such good uh blu-ray treatments for it so at least yeah. they have that going it looked, yeah. un- it looked unbelievable yeah yeah i remember the first time i saw night of the living dead i was definitely I, I, you know what? No, I would say I was about the right age because it's not that violent of a film. There's just some like scary imagery, right? Yeah. Sixth, seventh grade, right? And um, here's a fun fact. As much as I love that movie, I, at a point in my life, there was a point where I had seen the theatrical play version of it uh, over at the, the public theater in Fullerton, California. For those that don't know, there was a a play version of Night of the Living Dead <laughs> that was pretty consistently going like every year for like 10 to 15 years at one point. The I Maverick think they, theater, right? oh, was that? The Maverick Theater, right? In Fullerton? That, yep, yep, that's right, yeah. And I would go every Halloween season to watch that play. Uh, it did not happen this year, obviously. But <laughs> um, there was a point where I had seen that more than the actual film. And uh, I don't know, I just thought that was like, weird that wasn't for any particular reason it just kind of happened that way right um and speaking of the right stuff with night of the living dead we have the inverse problem with dawn of the dead which is like uh it's just out of print a lot of places now and if you look up amazon prices or like wherever you want to get your blu-rays it's uh, it's a pretty hefty sum um i don't know that much about it do you guys know what the deal is with that because i'm at a loss no it's 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 a united it's u.s rights things versus um european rights so like there's a there's a <clears throat> there was a dvd release of it in the early 2000s that i own i have the european cut and blah, blah 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 but as far as theatrical the number one thing i've always wanted to play is the, is a triple feature of these three films nine let me dead on uh day but i can't i literally cannot secure the rights to dawn if I had to guess why, it would be because Romero had such a bad experience with Nine Living Dead that he something they overdid something, and then uh, he somehow ended up losing the rights to that one as well. Um, I, I don't know how the hell that happened, but um, it is such a bummer that theatrically you just cannot watch that movie here in the in the states. Um, but I know Dawn of the Discs just put out. Uh, an announcement that they're doing a brand new, uh, you know, based in the UK, of course, but restoration of the film. So anybody who has a region-free Blu-ray player, Dawn of the Dead is coming to Blu-ray. You'll just have to import it and play it on your region-free Blu-ray player, but it looks gorgeous, and I'm very, very excited to finally own it, even though, I, like I said, I have the DVD. But I don't don't have a solid answer for for you what went wrong there. It's just like, Night of the Living Dead, you can see it everywhere, and Dawn of the Dead, you can see it nowhere. It's so weird. Yeah, and now Day of, Day of the Dead, to go to that really quick, so we can just get into like the meat and potatoes of the discussion, um, is on HBO Max, and it's, it's just pretty, nor- it's a normal movie. Yeah, it, You can get it wherever. It's just, it's also very good, and I feel like people sleep on it a lot, because it's not like, maybe it's not as revolutionary as the other two, but I mean, so what? It's still really fucking good. And it has Bob, yeah. the greatest character in all six films. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I love Bub. We can get into Bub later. But uh, I, I just want to mention that the only one of these films I've seen in the theater was George Romero's Land of the Dead. Day one, opening weekend, Friday. 
I forced my dad to take me to see it. And he was like, why do you like this shit? And he just <laughs> waited for me in the lobby because he could not do horror movies. And I, that's a great film. I think that movie slaps, tickles, backflips, whatever you want. Um, it is as subtle as a sledgehammer, but I think it is shocking how much George Romero was like, he had his finger on the pulse politically, I guess we'll say. Because, you know, the whole thing with Night of the Living Dead is like, oh, it's a black action hero. And he's always said that, like, that's not what he intended. It just kind of happened because he's like, hey, this is the best actor out of our friends group. But he ended up making a statement whether or not he intended to. And it's so interesting to see, like, his evolution over the course of the film where it's like, I didn't mean to say something, but... I don't want to make any more of these unless I can say something now. So, you know, you say Dawn of the Dead, zombies in the shopping mall. It's like, oh, you get the whole message of the movie right there. Yeah. Day of the Dead is about communication breakdown. Uh, Land of the Dead is obviously about class with the whole tower and the rich up above. Like, it's, it's obvious, but it rules. Diary of the Dead is about, like, emerging media. And <laughs> I don't think it really works, but, but I, I, I like it enough. And then Survival of the Dead is, like, about tribalism and, like, how that could, like, also cause the devolution of society and humanity and those last two kind of don't really work for me i don't know have, have you guys seen those last two films i just seen diary of the dead i, I don't like that i revisited day of the dead and the crazies so that's certainly something the crazies that one fucked me up when i was younger yeah yeah, I, I haven't seen the original Crazies yet. As far as Diary and Survival, I've only seen them um, at the bargain bin uh, at Blockbuster back in the day. I, I have never actually seen those films. Uh, I don't know if their reputation precedes them or not, but I will say, very funny, that the second you said the only one that you've seen in the theater is Land of the Dead, I have seen that one in the theater as well. That would have been a year after the Dawn of the Dead remake, I think. And yep. um, so yeah, that's the only one that I've, I've seen, obviously, on first release, and uh, I was with you, yeah, I really liked it. It was weird because uh, if you follow my timeline, I haven't seen any of the other uh, of the Dead movies. So like, there was no hype for me going to Land of the Dead. I was like, this looks really cool. I like John Leguizamo. Uh, I know him as an actor because I like the movie The Pest growing up a lot. Uh, I wouldn't have known like who Dennis Hopper is, but like now if I saw like Dennis Hopper was going to be a zombie movie and like George A. Romero was directing it, I'd be there. I, I still would have been there day one. Interestingly about that movie, it has like a $15 million budget. You and I both saw it opening day, like opening day, and it made 20 million domestic. So it was not like a successful film, which is really weird to think about. Yeah, I, like now, if that movie came out now, like you said, the same reputation and everything, it's the biggest movie, the biggest horror movie of the year, hands down, right? Like people would have flocked. That's that's where we. I mean, I, this conversation naturally will get there, but it's like Night of the Living Dead starts off the most. Well, there's I Walk with the Zombie and stuff like that, but it popularizes the most enduring, one of the most enduring uh, subgenres of horror is a zombie movie. Like you, we still see so many zombie movies being made every year and stuff like One Cut of the Dead that came out like last year or whatever. People are still Shaun of the Dead revolutionizing within that genre like people are like i'm so sick of zombie movies but every year there's a zombie movie that comes out that everyone's like you gotta check out the zombie movie <laughs> what they did with the zombie movie is so crazy i'm just like uh, all right and then i'll check it out like like um you got did you guys see one cut of the dead i did yes, finally yeah I saw it last year. 
yeah, it, it's um, we played it at the theater and people lost their minds for it. Uh, it's this really fun movie to see um, blind. Don't look up what it's about before you see it. Yeah. But um, naturally, we have to go to that kind of conversation about how this dude literally he did he didn't he didn't invent zombies, but he invented what we know now of our zombies. You know what I'm saying? And like you say, a zombie movie now is it would be huge, but it's weird that he would make a zombie movie in 2004. And when he started the damn thing in 1969, and it still wasn't like the hottest thing, you know, it was it still wasn't like the hot thing to do in 2004. Yet when uh, you know, Walking Dead or anything zombie nowadays comes out, people just you know they they just flock to it. It's crazy to think that he never had like a major hit uh, anywhere close to where like the timeline of where like Walking Dead came out. It's very odd to me that like people wouldn't be like, oh, here's the the King has dropped a zombie movie. We have to go see this movie. Yeah, I don't, I just don't get people, I think. <laughs> like, th- that should have been so huge. And that's really disappointing to look back on, you know. And um, I, I was looking up a lot of his interviews. Uh, I've always been a fan, but I never heard him actually talk about, like, his zombie movies too much. And I guess landed that it was actually very difficult for him because it was, like, such an expensive shoot and it looks like it costs more than it does, which is actually really impressive. Yeah. And so he was like actually really excited to get back to the smaller scale of, of diary and survival. And uh, I don't, again, I don't want to spend too long on those because uh, there's not too much of a conversation there to be had, uh, unfortunately, but like he, he was very happy to just be like, here's $2 million for a found footage zombie movie. I think the problem is he tries to make it a little too theatrical. And I think, maybe maybe get a it needed more of a Blair Witch kind of touch you know where it's like yeah. it's, it doesn't feel like a movie it feels like someone just found a camera and I, just started I, recording the crazy shit happening that's the only uh, found footage movie he does yeah and I, I again listening to one of his interviews he he's talked about how he wanted to make it look a little more theatrical he didn't want it to look like uh, like it, it was um, real footage and I was like maybe maybe I should have George I so miss him and, and appreciate his, his fantastic work. But uh, all right, let's talk Dead Trilogy then. Dead Trilogy. Gene, what is your favorite of the films? We're going to do favorites right now, and then we're going to go down and discuss all of the great shit in each of them. Well, well, of course, it's not at all being dead. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. Uh, Trevor, you wanted to go last, you said, right? <clears throat> or, I wanted to go last because I'm just going to end up taking the ones you guys don't take. But uh, <laughs> it, it honestly could go like just just for argument's sake. Let, let's hear it, Diego. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with Day of the Dead just because that people need to go to bat for that movie more. And I, I like that you brought that up earlier too, Trevor. So thank you. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, if you're gonna give me Dawn of the Dead, I'll take Dawn of the Dead. It just, it's, it's, it's the one that's the, I think the hardest to argue for because you're just a heavy favorite in this, in this, in this bout. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. I love not Night of the Living Dead so much, and Day of the Dead is just so nihilistic and dark. I, I could definitely. There's not going to be a lot of arguing here. Is my point. Uh, it's just these three movies. These. <clears throat> I, maybe we'll talk about trilogies a little later, but like as far I was talking to Diego about how. On um, uh, Letterbox, these films have 4.0 for night, uh, based purely on influence. You know what I mean? And the movie holds up really, really well, really, really well for a movie. It's, you have to remember it's from the 60s, which is crazy. It was made for nothing. Um, Dawn obviously holds up very, very good. Um, 
and then there's that was 4.0 and then Dave's 3.7 so as far as like average rating on letterbox which by the way I only use letterbox for average ratings now I don't know why it's just been my go-to I like how it's a mix between like I like how it's like quote-unquote film fans rating movies I know that sounds super pretentious but um, I like that you have to like sign up make an account sort of you know, like movies to be able to rate them as opposed to like IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes. So it just seems the most accurate. It's what I use now. I even use it as like an IMDb. I'll go on and just type in a director and be like, what did this person direct? And then it, it, the whole thing comes up. I just like it because I'm very visual. Anyways, 4.0, 4.0, 3.7. It's extremely strong trilogy, but let's get going. I mean, I'll take Don. Let's do it. All right. You know, let, let's, let's get Don out of the way then. Why? Why is Dawn the best of the trilogy? It's the best because you, it's, it's the movie that comes directly after Night of the Living Dead. It opens up, you immediately see, and this does not make for a good movie, of course, but it's got a bigger budget right up top. You're like, this movie's got a bigger budget. So they've given a man who made what many could call a masterpiece in horror a little bit more money to refine his craft. Of course, it's going to be a better movie. Like, it's, like, it's, a, it's a better looking movie. It has more action. It has, it's it's much much longer, right? It's like two, it's it's a two over two hour movie as opposed to Night of Living Dead, which is not near two hours. So yeah, more gore. Uh, I read something about how Romero just wanted this like massive massive indictment on commercialism, which is of course what that film is. I like that like you had said earlier how he was like in the first one like oh I didn't really try to make it all political. And so why did I don't even understand why he said that first of all like why not just take the the brownie points you're trying to give you but um, and then of course in the second one it's very political it's very and like you think about how stuff is now on like Black Friday like I, I mean Black Friday will look different this year of course but like when you see these people on Black Friday like rushing into these stores you're like this literally looks like Dawn of the Dead like it's so iconic um it's just one of the best sequels of all time we all know sequels are not easy especially coming off of something so influential and such a masterpiece um and i think he just knocked it out of the park and bonus points that even someone uh boy i don't know how this will go around this podcast but even someone like Zack snyder could take that material and make a really 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 good film out of it so <laughs> i think the Zack snyder comment goes down about as well here as it does anywhere else so <laughs> We're all just trying to figure him out. I never, know. I never know. You guys have awesome opinions on things, and they're not always with what everyone else thinks. So I was like, wait, shit, I forgot. Do they love Zack Snyder on Waffle Press? Um, I'm kind of ambivalent. It's like 50-50. Like, yeah, like 50%. I like some of the stuff, and sometimes I'm like, dude, stop stop talking for a little bit. You mean yeah. you guys have nuanced on opinions? That's so weird. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, just, it's like I don't blindly love everything everyone ever does all the time that's crazy people have multitudes <laughs> but uh all right so gene why is night of the living dead the best in the romero dead trilogy well i i i think night of the living dead um even though it's on a shoestring budget and there's like elements of like when he's describing how ben's describing how he uh survived and clearly like i bet that was in the draft but that was in a previous draft, but they were like, you know, because the way uh, Ben's describing surviving this uh, zombie horde, is like, you know, he's like, oh, this thing exploded, then it went in this car. It sounds like an action sequence. So I really think that was in the previous draft, but, um, you know, or the uh, satellite, the infamous satellite is where they get all the infection from. Um, you know, even, even those elements, I think, really... Um, 
really add to the film in a way where it just makes it a such an artifact of its times and you know it's like the perfect midnight movie or drive-in movie what have you it's uh, such a great zombie movie but uh just the fact uh, just if you take it as it is don't even consider the budget it'll still like impress you where all the performances and all the zombie kills are you know they sometimes they cut away sometimes they show it um the gore but it really works i think uh for the sum of its parts it's such a enjoyable movie and it, it really entertains you as an audience member and you just yeah you just you don't you don't uh when you're watching it in the moment or you've never seen it you don't you don't uh take away from the stuff that uh could hinder it on that first viewing so it's such a such a great viewing experience i have to give it to that and then this is just for you guys really quick i upgraded the pro on this yeah. zoom account but it's not <laughs> Giving uh, yeah. me the full time still. I don't know why. So if we yeah, cut out, I'll just resend the link, okay? Just a yeah. heads up. I'm gonna yeah. get so mad. I don't know why it's doing that. I have no idea. I'm gonna get my money back. This is I was just praising Zoom before we started this and now I'm like gonna go to war with them. But yeah. all right. <clears throat> all right, so Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead obviously following up the first two films. There's not a lot of discussion about one, how angry George Romero was at these institutions and the failures of people in power to help people, and his surprising amount of empathy towards the zombies. In Night of the Living Dead, it's not quite there yet. It's mostly just like, oh my god, it's scary. But in Dawn of the Dead, from like the opening scenes with the SWAT team, there's like a genuine sense of tragedy that like, you know, these were people once. These were people like moments ago even, and now they are not that. Now they are a threat, and that's sad because they sh that should not be the case. And how kind of perverse and disgusting it is that these like, you know, I think they even call them rednecks in the film in Dawn of the Dead that like are kind of getting off on like hunting zombies and stuff. So Day of the Dead, I think, is one of the first post-human like, blockbusters in a way it's like planet of the apes and the new godzilla films where it's not really interested in the positives of people it's not about the the people's heroic journey it's not about them coming out of this better it's about a world that's moving on beyond them you know like there's oh in the opening scenes of day of the dead they're like yeah there's maybe some people like in dc or something like that like they're not really finding anyone anymore nature's kind of taken back like the cities. Uh, the animals are all like crocodile, you know, all over there. And um, the zombies just kind of walking around freely with arguably the greatest zombie makeup in movie history at that point, because they had a stronger budget, of course, but that needs to be said as well. That opening shot with the half face zombie with the title, oh, it's fucking beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that Bub is the greatest character in zombie movie history because it's not only is Bub a zombie, but Bub is also like, it's the last, like, he's the missing link between the living and the dead. He, he's the thing that connects them to the previous world, but he belongs to the new world. And it's those interesting questions that keep me coming back to that one a lot lately. And I think now, also because it's more readily available than, than the, the previous film, yeah. I think now people can kind of not take it for granted any longer that th this is a, a story about how people failed and now something else is going to kind of come out of that and if you follow the trajectory of the films and george romero's history with night of the living dead 
he has even openly stated that he did kind of rip off Richard Matheson's novel, I Am Legend, which is about a world that was failed by humanity and now something else comes along the way. And so Bob is like the beating or the unbeating heart of, of the series right. and uh, a testament to George Romero's passion for, I think, artistic creation. He's, he's Bob. It's the best. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just the best. I don't mean to gush about your movie, but Day of the Dead, when I rewatched it, was like, oh, this is some of the best effects I've ever seen in a movie. Like, still to this day, like, when people are, like, being ripped apart limb from limb, it, like, looks so insanely real. Like, of course, the the famous uh, vocal cords moment where the guy gets his head ripped off and he's screaming and the vocal cords come. I'm just like, this is crazy good gore. Like, I could not believe it. Um, yeah, and, um, yeah, you know, it's interesting. One of my favorite jo- subgenres is um, Survive the Night type things. So Night of the Living Dead being a total Survive the Night movie is amazing to me. Um, the reason why I, I would prefer Dawn over Night of the Living Dead is because you're taking a farmhouse over the course of one night and then you're upgrading it to an entire mall over the course of more time. I'm like, that's, that's how you progress as a sequel. I love how he did that. He was like, all right, we made a, a movie that took place over one night at a farmhouse. Now we're going to go over the course of uh, weeks or months. Here's the problem with Dawn is I haven't seen it that recently because it's not freaking available. So like, <laughs> it sucks that it's like, I know the characters in Day I know the characters in Night, and like I'm struggling to think of characters in Dawn. So that I think that's where it's going to really take it. Um, my movie really takes a tit, like a, a hit right there, is because do you can you guys name any characters from Dawn the Dead? No. Wait, I mean, wait. Um, like, Roger, Peter, and Fran. Roger is the dude who gets bitten by the zombie, bitten by the zombies first. He's the first one to go. Fran's the woman. Yeah. Roger, I think, is Ken Forey. I might be wrong. But in terms of archetypes, I can't give you names for night and day, but I can tell you the archetypes that are established in night and the ones that are in day, but I don't really remember the characters in Dawn very much. I just remember it as a spectacle more than anything. No, totally. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I just love, and, and I love how he, he progresses from farmhouse to for one night to mall for like weeks or months to like an underground military base for day. I love how it goes back to more minimalist. I like how the third film of the trilogy is not Return the Jedi or Return the King or whatever you want to say. It's not the biggest of the three. It's actually almost as small as the first one. It just has a slightly higher budget on FX and stuff like that. Okay, uh, I want to go to Dawn of the Dead really quick also because if you Google Dawn of the Dead mm-hmm. 1978, you'll like you'll see on YouTube, every once in a while, someone's got a little two-hour-plus upload of something on there. I don't begrudge anyone from checking that out because of how difficult it is to find, to acquire yeah. traditional methods, you know? So I, yeah. you know, like, I actually think that's kind of neat because like, imagine like some stoned high schoolers, like I've never seen Dawn of the Dead. They stumble across this on a Saturday night. What a great discovery, right? You know? Yeah. So I, I don't mean... know. I, I think that's kind of cool. Um, I will completely like concede to Dawn being like, more spectacle and i think that's also kind of the point you know not not to say that your 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 take was a criticism trevor but like mm-hmm. i i really last time i saw it i was taken with how like how much fun it was to watch at times like obviously it's a, it's a horrifying like the opening moments of that movie are scary in a way i don't think we discuss a lot of the time like it's chaos in a new station and then like you know the the police riot SWAT stuff is, is scary but like 
it's the breakdown of society and everyone's just kind of throwing their hands up like i think we're done here guys yeah i'll see you later but um when they get to the mall after they're clearing out the zombies and stuff they're like hey like this is fun like going running down the hallways i'm like woo, yeah it's fun oh here clearing the trucks out blocking the doorways yeah and then like um like it just flips 180 like through these insane tonal shifts yeah. where it's like oh no 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 that's right it, it is dangerous this is a bad situation and so i think that's also kind of why it's become like one of the if not the iconic zombie film mm-hmm. um because like it's it goes through all the emotions that you like happy you're sad you're scared you're depressed and uh and then it just leaves you kind of like well with an ambiguous ending like dude do you think they they got what it takes to survive is is there any hope of survival out there i don't know like it's um it's a, it's a very odd film in a lot of ways but i i like that about it and i think a lot of people get that even if they don't really realize it initially yeah i think that's why it works so well as the second film of a trilogy like if you were going to watch them all back to back to back i think that dawn comes as like like i said it's a little longer than the other ones but it it comes as such a welcome like middle it's not a connector movie in any way like you said there it's it's got almost everything that the other two movies have this is if Don and Ned's got both of those things so like you said it's it's not quite as pitch black as day gets and it's probably not as scary as Night of the Living Dead gets but it's right there in the middle and just have all of that mixed into one I had a question for you guys do you think that if Don and Ned was more available that it would be less um lauded do you think that if like if it was as available as *Dead living dead that people would not put it up on the pedestal that it's on um no i i i I, I think it would still be up there yeah i think if it um if what you said if uh if that came true i think people would just be more vocal yeah yeah i I was just curious because for me it's kind of just like this thing where it's like it's such a treat when you get to watch it and it's really nice that the movie actually delivers like you're like oh i've heard Mm -hmm. this movie really really good you're like oh no it was really really good whereas night of the living dead i'm sometimes i'm afraid it's a little cheapened by that's why i'm very happy that criterion john who's took it and gave it such a beautiful 4k restoration uh because there's nothing less but um i get a little afraid that people take night of the living dead for granted and they put uh dawn kind of um up on this pedestal because there's like still people just haven't even seen it you know and uh, yeah like you said you yeah on youtube but um that's why the black sheep of the three of the trilogy is Day of the dead and it's like of course i lean towards being like this one needs defending this one's the best but no yeah no dawn of the dead is probably still I, i'm gonna just stick with it as truly the best film of the three yeah i mean at, at the end of the day they're, they're all just great films we should you should all watch and also yeah. land of the dead which is not as great but i still think is up there like yeah Show that movie some damn respect. Zomb- oh, Dennis Hopper has a line where he's like, zombies, man, they creep me out. It's awesome. Yeah. Land of the Dead is, yeah, you're right. People definitely it, should, I, I feel like people it, totally have forgotten about Land of the Dead. Doesn't it have uh, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg? They are zombies in that. Yeah, I, I can't remember the, the moment, but uh, they're in it for sure. That's so cool. That's so awesome. Yeah, imagine like they made their love letter to Romero zombie films and that, that, that's so cool. Um, uh, I also want to go back to Dawn of the Dead really quickly and then we can end off with Night where it all began um, with with Gene's take on that too. But like, I think it's important to talk about the Dario Argento of it all. Yeah. Because the gore in that movie, 
is very Dario Argento. I've been on my, my horror movie watch list, if you follow me on Twitter. Uh-huh. And, uh, like, going from, like, Suspiria to Dawn of the Dead, it's like, oh, yeah, like, the, the blood is, like, the same color temperature and everything. It's so, like, bright red. It's almost, like, right. pink. It doesn't look... It's not, like, a real movie, you know? Like, Night of the Living Dead that's kind of got this manic energy, which must have been, like, just insane for the time, honestly, you know? But, like, Dawn of the Dead is much more comic booky in yeah. a way, and I just, I think that's so cool that Dario Argento is just like, hey, George Romero, I want to make, uh, I want you to do another zombie film. Uh, you know, whatever. What do you want? And he's like, well, I got this idea about a shopping mall. And he's like, I don't know what that is. I'm from Italy. And then they yeah. just made this insane film that, like, is stood the test of time, and that's, I don't know, that's just so, so cool. He got to go from this little dude who was like, I want to make a weird movie with my friends, and now oh. I'm working with the biggest name in Italian cinema Good at the time. Him. Yeah. It's pretty yeah, I like Argento um, hopped on to produce uh, Demons, which is like basically zombies in a movie theater, which is really fun. And then uh, my, my DVD uh, of Dawn of the Dead has like a bunch of different versions. And there's, there's the Argento cut, which is 118, or it's like a 118 minutes. And it's, it's the cut that Argento uh, put together himself. Uh, so it's it's really really interesting, and I I had never really thought about that. I mean, because again, it's been a long time since I've seen the movie. Like I've had this DVD, so I don't even know if I knew who or what like a Dario Argento was. So now I'm fascinated to watch Ar- uh, Argento's cut versus Romero's. Like how much more Italian the other cut could be. Uh, <laughs> but I know he released that cut in Europe. Argento did under the the name Zombie, right? And then, um, and then that's where like you get Zombie Two, Zombie Three. Is that based on the on the, the Dead movie? I uh, yeah, want to see that again. again. The shark. Yeah, yeah. It's just funny that like Zombie, Zombie, aka Zombie One, is Dawn of the Dead, and then it's like, uh, then Zombie Two gets made. It has nothing to do with Zombie uh, <laughs> Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, it's like Zombie Three definitely has nothing to do with it. It's like Troll Two. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Um, and also, uh, after Night of the Living Dead, of course, you get the split off from the Living Dead franchise and the Dead franchise. And that's how you get Return of the Living Dead in the 80s, yep. which is also a great film, but has nothing to do with it. Yep. So. Um, before I forget, one thing that I really like about these movies is that how spaced out they are. Like, you get one in the 60s, one in the 70s, one in the 80s. Uh, I love that. I love it. it's like 69, 78, and then 85. Uh, that's like the perfect amount of time because of course Romero made other films between these movies but I love that he like spaced them out so well that that's really fun to look at like oh this one's from the 60s this one's from the 70s this one's from the 80s and they all have that distinct 60s 70s 80s feel to them yeah and they really speak to like the politics of the time and unfortunately even the politics of now which is like that's that's been the depressing thing not to get too real but like Looking back at all these films, they're like, oh, yeah, they were so, like, ahead of their time politically. It's like, yeah, but I don't think they're ahead of their time now. I think they're just now of the now time. That's not, that's not a great sign is all I'm I saying. Was, I wasn't even thinking about how time yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, hopefully people uh, learn something eventually. Yeah, yeah. Or we all just go the way of Bub, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe we all just become Bubs. I, we'll see. Uh, I don't know how I feel about being a bug, but uh, I don't want to be a bug for what it's worth. It's funny um, watching these apocalypse movies now, knowing what we know, like what the rush to get like toilet paper was like at the beginning of the pandemic and stuff like that, and then like uh, some of the <laughs> movies, very like, very zombie movie esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
uh, very, I mean, very down to death when you see like a Costco overrun of people trying to get all this stuff. But it's, um, it's funny, like, uh, wow, I lost my, oh, it's funny watching a movie like The Mist or something like that. Something, I've heard other movies get criticism for like, wow, the people really devolved into madness way too quickly in this movie. And I used to defend it like, well, the movie's only an hour and a half. Like they have to get going on the plot or whatever. But like now knowing what I know from 2020, I'm like, these people didn't devolve into madness fast enough. Like when I saw in the pandemic, I was like, "Oh no, people literally go crazier way faster than the movies." So that's yeah. what I'm back on. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. Something. Yeah, and uh, again, I, I do want to go to Night of Living Dead and Gene's points on that. Um, but I guess the last thing for to Land of the Dead's thing, where the criticism of its time was that, like, oh, it was so like the rich wouldn't really just care about their money at a time like that, you know? Like that doesn't really seem realistic. It's it's very realistic. It's we know now. It's more realistic than ever. That's, that's just literally what is happening. So um, so yeah. Big plot point in Land of the Dead having to do with uh, fireworks, right? Like they distract the zombies with fireworks. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's really is the metaphor there like what we're seeing now, where it's like when a pandemic is happening, we the whether it's the GOP or whatever uses quote unquote fireworks to distract like talking other talking points to distract you from the zombies that are going on. Uh, I wonder what Romero was trying to say with those fireworks. I haven't seen it in a while, but I'm sure there was like a big uh, thing going on there. Cause it came out in 05, 04 Bush got elected. So, you know, it was a political film. I need to rewatch it. Again. Yeah. I, um, I, I don't know if there's much more than just like the distraction element to it. Yeah. But I think even that, especially right after Bush was, you know, reelected. Like, that's, uh, yeah, R- R- Romero, again, had, had his, his finger on the pulse, which is funny because he made zombie films and, uh, and many other films. I guess that's the other thing I want to leave with, too, is that he made many other great films, although I have not seen Knight Riders, and I want to see Knight Riders very badly. I've seen Knight Riders. Yeah, because that looks like the most insane film anyone has ever made on American soil. But Gene, why is Night of the Living Dead the best oh. Again, to end off, so we can we can bring it all home. Yeah, and I mean, Night of the Living Dead is uh, just you know ahead of its time. It's um, it's just prevailing, and what it's talking about just the just the way uh, he's you know again like what you said about social commentary, uh, even though he wasn't trying to. The way it's so timely, and uh, yeah, I mean. Like where where would we be without that? Where you wouldn't have this whole like franchise of uh, pop culture of zombies, even though yeah, for better or for worse. So yeah, it really spawned like this whole movement in a way. So got to give it up to him. That's my take. Yeah, um, I really like the black and white look of it. Like I know it's, yeah. it was just for like cost and stuff like that. Oh, I mean yeah, it's so beautiful cinematography wise. I would say. Yeah, and I mean. Um we're all John Carpenter fans here and his whole thing when he's just like interviewed by a huge fans of his work that like they'll always like throw worship at his feet and stuff like that. Right. And he'll always be like, you know, you kind of get the the sense that he's like, wants the guy to calm down and be like, look, man, it was a job. We filmed it this way because of so-and-so hours, yada, yada, yada. Right. Yeah, but he's, he's very humble and he's also a lazy stoner who plays video games and that's why we love him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and George Romero, maybe not a lazy stoner, but he uh, he was also very humble in that, like, no, like, I, let's don't give me too much credit. I did this because of whatever reason. Someone's like, I didn't mean anything by that. It's cool that people put the attachment there, but you know, that's not why I made the film. 
-hmm. And uh, there's this great interview that he did with Guillermo del Toro. It's available on YouTube as well. I'll put the link down in the description below. Yeah. Where del Toro is saying that, like, you know, he may not have intended it, but that is the message you put out into the world. You know, and it goes to show, like, the stuff you create and to share with the world through art and media, like, that, that has power and that has, like, like that's why you have to be careful what you put out too you know you might say something you do not intend to and you have to take responsibility for that and you should also take responsibility when you put something good out there like that and um that's just a, just a funny way that art works in our brains with the zombies out there we don't have zombies thankfully but who knows 2020 has been full of surprises yeah. so. uh i hope i hope uh hope that's not it i mean aren't they like unearthing tombs and all that yeah, don't do that this yeah. year. I just feel like that should be a thing people stop doing. Who knows? Cut that shit out. Yeah. I also saw the independent announced today that they have a that NASA has a big uh, announcement uh, regarding the moon that oh. they're gonna put out soon. I'm like, I just yeah. we've we've had enough, you know, like <laughs> it's made no, of the moon, uh, moon's haunted. No, yeah, the, it's, it's made of haunted. cheese. It's made of yeah. cheese. Yeah. No, haunted it, cheese. It is gonna be just moon's haunted. <laughs> That's the whole press release. <laughs> Yeah. We're not going back up there. That's, that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs> and then NASA just shuts down. Space exploration? Mistake. We should have had Stanley Kubrick fake the moon landing. What was that? Um, remember, do you remember that one movie with friggin', uh, like, it was like Apollo 11 with like the zombie? Uh, no, not yeah. zombie. It was like Apollo 18 or something, right? So fucking dumb. I don't know. I, I, I like found footage. I'd like found footage to make a comeback. You just got to make them like good. Yeah. No, um, sure. But yeah. Uh, on, on that note. That's a great concept, by the way. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, I, like, that, I didn't see the movie, but. Oh, yeah. The movie stinks, but I, I agree. I mean, the, <laughs> a lot of the found footage stuff, I actually like. I'm drawn to a lot, but I guess yeah. that's another conversation we got to have sometime. Why, why the found footage genre actually rules, even though there's some clunkers in there. Every genre has clunkers. Who cares? Mar George Romero had clunkers, you know, but he's still a legend. And uh, we, we are lesser without his art in the world. Yeah. There are a lot of other great artists out there, uh, many of which that are followed by myself, Gene, and Trevor. And where can the people follow you, Trevor? Uh, I am at Trevor Dills on Instagram and Twitter. I also uh, make films, exhibit films, celebrate films at Ghost Party Picks, like Ghost Party Pictures, uh, with my buddy Ian. Uh, follow us on those. We're going to be doing uh, some screenings coming up uh, around Orange County. We're partnering with the Frida Cinema, where I, of course, uh, program at the Frida Cinema. We've been keeping extremely busy during the pandemic. We've done 55 uh, drive-in, very safe social distance screenings in the past four months. So we've been extremely busy. You can find all that information at thefreedacinema.org. And those are my three plugs. Yeah, that's, uh, no, that's crazy. That's 50. Uh, that's really good, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at other art houses around the country that are I consider like, you know, I have like my, I always say like certain places, are like, yeah, top five. That place is top five, you know, yeah. I have like a top 10 list. And some of them are like now just starting doing drive-ins. And I'm just like, that's wild that they would do like, I saw one of them, um, Coolidge Corner in Boston, who's like, oh, again, top five. Uh, they just did their first screening at, at, at a drive-in. It was Shutter Island. And it was at like a, 
uh, a mental institute that had been shut down. <laughs> was like, Whoa, that's awesome. Well, at first I didn't realize it had been shut down. So I thought it was like super insensitive. And then I was like, oh, no, it's been shut down. Okay, cool. It's like, going to show it to the inmates. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh no. It was like Ravenwood or whatever. You know, that's actually the name of the institute. Okay. Glass. But anyways, um, it, it had been closed down for a while and they played it in like, you know, they get like, they got like 60 cars there. And I was like, oh, it's really, really cool that like other places are starting to do it. But like, we're getting like 150 cars a night, I, I, you know, like, and we're at like 55 events. I'm just like, that, that was wild how my team, who I'm super proud of, was able to ship so quickly and get on this, you know, and it's not, we were not, we're not riding the wave or anything. We're, we're not like, oh, let's pandemic profiteer here. You know what I mean? We're like, <laughs> literally like, let's continue to find a safe way to bring cool movies to the community. So the programming I'm doing is just the programming I would have been doing at the theater essentially, but it's just not the drive-in. So nice. um, yeah, so check that out. That's pretty sick. Uh, and you guys doing anything crazy for Halloween? Just watching movies. That's getting drunk, probably. The last <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, after this recording, I'll be attending the Los Angeles Haunted Hayride. So if I'm murdered, that's where to look for my body. Right, uh, but Gene, where I'll are the people? Out. Where can the people find you? Where are the people? What the fuck? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Gene9892. And you can follow me at the Diego Crespo and check out the Waffle Press on Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Patreon. Links down below to everything down. Uh, all of this, you know how this works. You know how this works. Whatever. Uh, Trevor, thanks so much for, for joining us again. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Uh, stay safe. Please keep keep killing it with those screenings, man. That's, that's just the coolest shit right now. Yeah. Uh, Gene, thank you again for co-hosting with me. And thank you to all of you who've listened and checked out the show recently. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We have been professionally unprofessional. We did it. Excited for my four-timers jacket that you guys sent in the mail. <laughs>